If you're looking for success in the vacation rental industry, Heather Bayer and the team at cottageblogger.com are here to show you that it's entirely within reach. Welcome to Vacation Rental Success, the show that features interviews with industry experts, successful vacation rental owners, and more, all geared toward helping you make it happen. Here's your host, Heather Bayer. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. This is your host, Heather Bayer. I'm really pleased to be back with you. seems that uh, spring has finally discovered Ontario. Uh, we had uh, 20 degrees yesterday. The ice is still not off the lake, though, so I'm still, we're sort of still sort of waiting in trepidation for this, uh, this great event to happen as all the ice finally loosens off the lake and comes dashing down the river in front of our house. I'm going to get, as long as it happens during the day, I'm going to get a really good video of it this year so I can share that because it's really pretty spectacular. But uh, yeah, you know, we're coming into almost almost mid-April, beginning of April into mid-April, and we're only three weeks away from the Vacation Rental Success Summit in Toronto on May the 6th and 7th. So getting excited about that. I'm sorry you keep hearing so much about it, but uh, it's sort of all consuming at the moment. Um, I'm preparing my uh, keynote, my opening keynote presentation at the moment, and really excited about that. So I've got a lot of people to talk to. Um, it's a bit it's called um, Hugs and High Fives, Stories of Collaboration and Learning. And I'm just sharing quite a lot of different stories about how people in this industry are are really taking all their knowledge and sharing it with others and using this joint expertise to to make a an impact in the industry. So if you're coming, I hope you'll enjoy this. Uh, I'm really working hard on it at the moment. Um, my guest today is um, the wonderful Matt Landau. Uh, as you know, every so often, Matt and I get together and just, I mean, I call it the mashup with Matt because we really don't think much about what we're going to talk about until about five minutes before we hit the record button, which, uh, which I quite like because it, 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 it's, it just makes it a general discussion on what's going on in the industry, what, um, what strikes us as interesting and you know what's current at the moment so i hope you enjoy it let's just move on over to my talk with matt right now hello hello matt how are you ah miss hb i'm great how are you i'm very excellent thank you but it's been an absolute manic six weeks and i'm just sort of recovering from it yeah, you had like a million things going on. Remind me of all of your whereabouts. Uh, started really with um, the what what we call the Ottawa Cottage and Big Backyard Show. So that was a couple of days in Ottawa, and that's when we talked last time we talked. And I said I just booked my very first Airbnb, so I right. stayed in my first Airbnb. Uh, How was it? It was fantastic. I was, I mean, no, it was no different because it was a it was a whole house, so it was no real difference than. All the the multitude of vacation rentals I've stayed in in the past, but I I was just really impressed with 
the way it was uh, communicated. You know, the communication I had with the owner and it was all very structured and very nicely drawn together. And I met the owner on arrival and yeah. And apart after that, it sort of went just as any normal vacation rental would go, I guess. But I was just impressed with the process. And was it a good um, price? Yes. Yeah, it was. It was actually it was normally we go to these shows. and We stay in, an, in, in, a, in a hotel near the exhibition center. And uh, and it was it was much less than than we would have we would have paid. And we got, you know, a couple of bedrooms. We only, you know, only needed one. But at least, you know, we could have taken if one of our staff had come, we could have taken her as well. And, That's so cool. Yeah, and we got a kitchen and a living room, and it was just so nice to come back at the end of a end of a day and and kick back and and not have to do that hotel room stuff, which I absolutely hate. Um, which and I think also like a lot of people uh, in Airbnb, they don't uh, if they're hosts in Airbnb, they don't really like think of themselves as vacation rental hosts. And vacation rental hosts look at Airbnb as its own little environment. But what it sounds like is that the best hosts in Airbnb and the best vacation rental hosts run extremely similar operations. In a lot of cases, they're like the same person. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, it, was, it was similar to uh, the one I stayed in in Amsterdam a couple of weeks after that. Oh, well, yeah, you went to Amsterdam too. How was that? Well, that was, that was wonderful. And it kicked off with, with uh, about five days in Berlin. And I went to stay with my uh, my son and his wife and their new baby. Congratulations. I know. It was so <laughs> cool. We, we did four days of walking in Berlin. Um, mm-hmm. You know, every day, four or five hours of walking. And it was fabulous. Saw all the, saw all the good sights and, and, you know, checked out all the history. Uh, ate some good meals and, and had some good grandma time. But I had to st- I stayed in a hotel there because... Airbnb has been banned in Berlin, and I know there are there's right. still a ton of Airbnb um, options, uh, or still a ton of Air, uh, of options on the Airbnb site. But um, I elected to stay in a hotel because it was close to where they lived, and it just made me realise why I don't like hotels. It was it was so soulless. Yeah, there's and there's this whole like there's ho- this whole hotel movement now that's just trying to inject a bit of soul <laughs> into the. The model that for so long has been the only place to stay. Yeah, well, this this place didn't have any soul, but it, it was it was a place to lay your head. But the right. but then after that, I went to uh, I went on to Amsterdam for for the Vacation Rental Management Association European Conference. Was that great? That was fabulous. I mean, the whole the whole thing. Um, you know, I'd booked I'd booked an Airbnb, which was about oh no more than six minute walk from the uh, from the Marriott. Nice. And it was right in the center. I mean, it really was so in the center of, of everything. And I would tell you where it was, but I can't pronounce the, the, the road. <laughs> and that, that one was as good as the first Airbnb? Indeed. Yeah, it was. I, a, a delightful, I, I was met by this delightful host, which was good because it was six flights of stairs up. And then what I liked, I got in there and I've heard vacation rental owners say so often, you know, you don't leave food in the fridge. You know, you've got to have this pristine refrigerator that's absolutely empty and spotlessly clean and nothing in the cupboards. You know, you might just provide some tea bags and some sugar and and maybe some coffee and some spices, but that's it. And some of them I've heard, you know, won't even do that. But what I loved about this Airbnb was that the cupboards were full of food and the fridge was 
pretty full of food as well. And he just said, look, help yourself to whatever's <laughs> in there. We use the place ourselves. So some of our food is in there. We've left you space and there's a supermarket next door. But you know, there's, there's, a, there's a carton of milk there. It, we, we just opened it yesterday. That reminded me of um, Alex and Tammy's presentation at your summit last year. I remember the subject of like what type of food is appropriate to leave in an apartment came up and it was a really good conversation around like, you know, potentially not leaving food that could become hazardous, <laughs> but at the same time, making sure that you do have things like for me, when I go and travel, I love to have extra virgin olive oil, but I have to buy a huge bottle of it and there's no way I'm going to use it or like sesame oil or vinegar. It's just nice to have those things there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I'm not averse to, I was not averse to using their, their opened carton of milk. You know, <laughs> I, I just wanted some milk and some tea and I'm not going to go, oh my God, it's opened and it might be contaminated. <laughs> that, that's not, that's not where I come from. So I, you know, and I understand, I, think- I understand others would not think about going there but and i think maybe this is more of an airbnb type of thing than it would be in a yeah. in a vacation rental point don't you think that we need some type of standards for people who are coming into the industry to be able to say perishable goods are okay non-perishable goods are not okay just so people don't like because you know you're going to have that one person that drinks the milk that already went bad and gets really sick <laughs> oh, oh absolutely yeah i'm not i'm not endorsing that it was just simply that it worked for me I didn't have to go six flights of stairs back downstairs to the supermarket next door and buy a carton of milk. So it was the convenience factor that outweighed the risk. Yeah, absolutely. And there was a nice tray on the table and it had it had all sorts of goodies on there. And it, I, I just felt really, really welcome. And that's, a, that's an amazing testimonial. Well, and, and it worked because he got an amazing testimonial from me on, on his um, on, you know, back on the Airbnb listing. So that two two excellent experiences with Airbnb so far. So may may that ever continue. The conference was fantastic. Met up with so many people that uh, that I hadn't seen since Phoenix in October. <laughs> you know, Amy Highnote. We had I had spent a lot of time with Amy. Oh gosh, who else did I see? Jessica Vozel. Jessica Gillingham. So I don't think you've met Jessica Gillingham. She's um she's uh, I, I interviewed her last week on the podcast and she does PR for VR. PR for VR, I love it. Yeah. And she's uh she's she's coming along to Toronto to talk about public relations for vacation rentals. So it was good to catch up with Jessica too. And I had a I went out to dinner with Alan Egan, had a really nice um meal out with him. And yeah, we, we just had, it was, it was just a great time. And there was some, some really good um, presentations. I gave one too, which I really, really enjoyed. What did uh, you talk about? I talked about um, owner acquisition and retention. Or in fact, I changed it. I said, it, I'm talking about getting owners and keeping them. <laughs> I was going to say that. I like that second title more. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Less I mean, intimate. You know, I'm talking to property managers, so I was talking about, you know, the, 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 the types of people that use a property manager, the types of owners that like to use a property manager, and how to, um, how to find them and how to retain them once you, once you have them. Because I, I have a lot of um, owners in our company who do a lot of their own marketing. They're, they're out there on Facebook and do their social media stuff, but they don't want to be doing the day-to-day connect communication with guests because they just do not have the time so they use us to do to do all the administrative stuff and the bookings the reservations collect the money etc and um and when they feel like it they'll put a post or two on their facebook page 
Um, right. But they're they're often hands on. You know, when their guests arrive, they're there, or they'll they'll call them. And so we we have a lot of different owners. So so that's what I was talking about. You know, how you encourage new owners and uh, and tell them how you can be unique. So that was fun. Hmm. That was fun. Love it. Then of course there was the um, the the, se- the session that I think you commented on. Um, and I, you know, I can't remember who it was who said something about branding being dead, and there's just no point in doing branding anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. My friend Tina over at um, Live Res, she chatted me about a comment from um, from a guy named Simon, who's the president of Focus. Right, that's right. That's correct. I, yeah. What do you think of that little session? Oh, it, it was. <laughs> we we see these sessions all the time at VRMA. Um, a lot of they they tend to go a little bit over my head because um, it's it's not where I want to be either as a vacation rental owner or as a vacation rental property manager. It was it was basically saying that that that, that the individual is, you know, in, that there is no importance in the individual, um, mm-hmm. and you know what's the point in in trying to make yourself unique or independent or individual because. The, the big sites are, are winning in, in every part of this industry. It really got me thinking about how we can be forgotten as, as the foundation of this industry. Because without us, there would be no industry. I'm so with you. Um, actually, a cool thing came of that post that I did. Simon himself reached out and said um, he would like to chat. So I had a phone call with him, and he is a really cool guy, and he had a really, really good perspective on um, on the blog post that I did. Um, I personally took a couple of learning points away from the whole experience, um, but to the point that there is a really good um, conversation to have on both sides of the coin, the pros and cons of staying independent and building a brand versus the very real, like, you know, dynamics of the way that this industry is headed. So we're actually, Simon and I are going to do a little um, sort of uh, thought partnership, and we're going to share that with folks so that we can kind of each play off of um, the perspectives that we offer. So I was kind of looking forward to that this coming week. That that sounds like a very good thing to happen, because I, th- I think sometimes that these these guys do, guys and gals do get up and, and say things that they have no intention of being taken in the way that they might ultimately be accepted as. And, and doing this, you having this chat with him and, and bringing your perspective to the table, I think that's a wonderful thing to happen. And, and it was great. Like we, we settled on one subject that we both entirely agreed upon, and that is that building a brand for an independent is really hard. And that was kind of the beginning point of our conversation. And I think um, it's just the type of conversation that is um, necessary for an evolving industry to, like you said, make sure that all of the stakeholders um, are really spoken for or at least know um, the very honest realities of what it takes to succeed. So good conversations to follow for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Something else, somebody else I met there and I, I, I can't remember her last name, so I'm sorry, Harriet, um, from UK. Um, I don't have your last name right in front of me, but I will, I will mention your company in the in the show notes. Um, um, Harriet um, Markets Castles in Scotland, I think it's Scotland Whoa. and around England. But you know, proper, you know, large, large properties that accommodate huge amounts of people. 
which which was very very interesting. But what we were talking about was the collaboration of a number of UK property management companies uh, under a, a banner called Love Cottages, and it's lovecottages.co.uk. I think I, I'll check that out and put it in the um, show notes. It's a, a collection of definitely more than tw- probably forty or fifty property management companies in the UK who have come together to create this one brand. And and they've been done. Um, um, Richard Vorton from Rentivo, I know, has been working with them. Th- this this is such a great move forward. And I've seen this happen in a couple of places where to gain that independence and not have to work on their independent brand, these these or these these companies are getting together to come under one banner, which is one independent yeah. banner. And, and it's working really, really well for them. You can go and have a look at the Love Cottages um, website. All the separate property management companies are displayed on there, and they're all over the UK. So somebody can go in there and just select one different part of, the, a part of England, and they're going to come up with a few different property management companies to work with. Mm. I, I really like that. It's, um, it's just a, a way of collaborating and, and creating a brand that's not going to be so hard to do because it's collaborative. Yeah, this um, I've been actually reading a lot about this subject of clustering um, in which small businesses um, or in a lot of cases, solo uh, businesses, uh, they lack certain infrastructure that is needed to compete. And without sort of forming little clusters, in a lot of cases it's government funded, but um, forming little clusters and pooling resources and um, sort of really taking advantage of what they are good at, but at the same time utilizing a little bit of teamwork in order to cover the areas that they're not, has resounding effects. And I actually got to know one of them up close and personal last month. I was in Guatemala. And there's this incredible collective up in the mountains of Guatemala of all these farmers who independently would have not a chance against the large uh, agricultural groups. But what this one little region did was they put together a cluster or um, a co-op for a specialty item, which is mini vegetables. They like basically have mini everything. But they pooled together um, and they began, it was funded by the government if I'm not mistaken, but they began to compete on a worldwide scale to the point that they are literally the world's top producer of mini vegetables. And it was like such a great reminder that no matter how big, <laughs> literally or figuratively, your product is, um, you can really make carve out a little niche for yourself. You know, mm. I thought it was really cool. That's a lovely, uh, a lovely concept. And, and yeah, we can, I can see this working in so many different ways in our industry. Yeah, lots of good times ahead. Indeed. So we're only um, three weeks away from um, VRSS, Vacation Rental Success yes, Summit. Yes, we are. So you're looking forward to it? Uh, I'm so looking forward to it. I think it's the, the one event of the industry that I really, truly look forward to every year. Not to say that I don't look forward to the other ones, but the last year, the, the, the VRSS, was it really left a great imprint on my... Um, on my outlook. I think it did uh, for a lot of people. My, my only mild concern, and perhaps I shouldn't voice this one, is that uh, we raised the bar high on that one. So we have yeah. to, you know, we've got to do a lot this year to 
to keep that momentum going. But, uh, you know, I look at the at the attendee list and a lot of people who were there last year are coming back again. There's a lot of new people. We've we've sort of created more opportunities for, for people to to learn. Um, with you know, the three, there's three tracks. There's one for owners. There's one for property managers. There's one for that's just dedicated to marketing, and and we we just think we've um, we've pulled together a a, a, fan, a fascinating group of speakers. So yeah, with just uh, three weeks and a bit to go, all is all is motoring to towards that. Yeah, on that topic, you know, I'm I'm doing my. Um, my keynote I'm just doing my keynote prep at the moment for that and I'm going to be talking about learning so I thought you and I could just have 10 or 15 minutes talking about learning today so I can sort of pick your brains a bit about you know to make sure I'm covering everything off because I came up with this list of seven ways that people learn in this industry so I was going to run them by you and get your take on it and what what was the first thing that I I responded (laughs) Well, you use the word. People you, don't want to learn. Yeah, you use the word esoteric, and I had to look. I know I've used it before, but I had to look it up. One of the things that I've just always uh, I've been noticing more and more is that there is a minority of folks who just want to learn everything, right? <laughs> and they like they like to do everything that themselves, and they like to the trial and error. They like all of that, that whole process. Then the majority of folks. Um, in a new industry, aren't totally aware that they want to learn just yet. So when you begin talking about like learning materials and, for instance, uh, the event, whenever I tell someone you got to go to the Vacation Rental Success Summit, if they haven't been to one of those events before, they have a really hard time pitting down what the return on that type of investment would be simply because it's never an investment that's been on their books before. And I don't blame them because I had never been to an industry event before my first one, and I didn't know what type of returns to expect. I didn't really know the ramifications of learning uh, on my business. So it's one of those things that like, you have to experience in order to have the revelation, at which point you look back and you say, like, how could I have ever built up my business without these learning mechanisms? So for me, it's a challenging subject matter to to communicate, uh, but I think we're getting better at it. And I think as the industry evolves and owners become more savvy, that's when this this whole learning environment really begins to to crystallize. Yeah, I read. I mean, I've I've been a lifelong learner, so I think you know when when you're immersed in something, and and I get immersed in in learning and new knowledge, and I just anything that comes along, I want to learn about it. So mm. I tend to think, you know gosh, everybody's got to be like me, you know, they, yeah. they, they, they all yeah. want to do this. And I remember when I started, I, when I started podcasting in 2004, or that's when I first tried it out. Um, and that's when I, you know, I went online and I, I, I read some tutorials and I went out and got very expensive equipment, which then sat in boxes on the side because I had <laughs> not, no clue how to put all this technical stuff together and I couldn't understand what was out there. Um, but that was going to when I went to the podcast movement conference, which you know I've spoken about before. That was that was such an, a huge eye opener for me that there was so much learning out there I needed to do about this medium. And this is just one thing that I just do once a week. So when I thought about you know the whole vacation rental business, and I thought everybody everybody wants to learn, 
And then you came up this morning and said, yes, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I think? I think it's just perception, too, because learning, like sitting in front of an instructor or hearing an expert talk, that's one way of learning for sure. And I think you're going to go through that in your list. But my favorite way to learn, because I'm not like a traditional learner, I just like being thrust inside of a group of people who are super passionate, just like me. And I'm learning like at breakfast, I'm learning at the coffee, what is it, the coffee station? What do you call that thing? Uh, the nutrition hub. Nutrition <laughs> hub. <laughs> I always love that name. I'm learning at the nutrition hub. Uh, the simple act of like interacting and being social in a group of folks who are as serious about the industry as you are, that for me is the learning. But again, it's hard to like really describe that unless you've experienced it. Yeah, it's interesting you say that bit about immersion like that. Because we, we've just hired a new customer service and hospitali hospitality manager for our business. And her first day is the Saturday of the conference. So, we're, so we decided that instead of starting her on the Monday, we'll start her on the Saturday. So her first day is going to be two days, at the, or first two days will be the two days at the conference. Now, how's, wow. that, how's that for immersion? <laughs> Last year at your summit, there was um, a gentleman named Gary. Yeah. Uh, it was, he hadn't even started his, his vacation rental business yet. He was there with his wife and, uh, he was like soaking in all of this information before he even built his vacation rental blueprint, which I thought was like maybe the best use of this type of event by any type of, of owner. No. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to, I mean, Gary works with us now, so, you know, I'm, I'm, I speak to him regularly and he is, he, he's still doing it. And now he's now helping others. That's that's what I love. He's now taking this immersion that he had over over the last year, and uh, and you know he's going to be front and center in three weeks' time. Uh, Amazing. So, but no, Christina, who's uh, who's our, our our new um our new hire, our new employee, will be um, immersed in it for the first time. So I shall make sure to introduce her to you. Yes, please. And you're going to have. I mean, you got a who's who's list of industry folks showing up. I'm super excited to see everyone. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For anybody who wants to go and see that list, you've got to go to the vacation rental or go to vacationrentalsuccesssummit.com and you can see all the list of the speakers there. But uh, And hey, gift yourself a ticket. Give yourself a reward for all the amazing work you have done in the vacation rental industry to date with very little resources and no support network. Give yourself a reward for all that. Place yourself into a group of a bunch of vacation rental nerds and nerd out for two days and leave with a ton of value to run a more effective business. That's my pitch. Well said. Well said. <laughs> and when, and when, I, when I look in that, di I know when I'll look in that dining hall at some point and see all these people just nerding out. Yeah. <laughs> I will remember that. Going to conferences is actually number three on my list, but I'm going to stick that at number one because, yeah, we, we've, we've probably said it all about conferences. Um, that getting together face to face is just amazing. And it, you know, it's fun. It's huge amounts of fun. What about books? I mean, I wrote a book back in 2003. It was reprinted in 2007, Renting Your Recreational Property for Profit, it was called. Actually, somebody came up to me at the Cottage Life show in Toronto a couple of weeks ago and said, I just bought your book. And I said, oh, my God, did you really? <laughs> I wrote Do you that. want your money back? <laughs> I wrote, yeah, I wrote that in 2007. I said, please don't look at the section on marketing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little outdated by now. Just a tad. Um, but there are still books out there. Um, I remember when I, when I started out in 1999 and 
I think Christine Karpinski was the only one who actually had a book, um, which I, I never did actually buy. Um, I just went my, see, at that time, I just went my own way. Um, <laughs> but there are, there are books. What do, you, what do you think about textbooks? Is, is there a place for a textbook for learning this business? My challenge with textbooks has always been that they get outdated very quickly. And if, if a textbook's goal is to define like a de facto uh, way forward, and then the month after the, the textbook comes out, uh, the ecosystem changes, the book is teaching the wrong thing, which makes a textbook a challenging subject. And when I started writing uh, books in the vacation rental industry like six years ago, I'm the exact same way that you are. Most of what I wrote is very much outdated by now. The The fundamentals are there, the principles are there, but um, the, the challenge in writing textbooks is that it's kind of written in stone. And unless you're constantly updating your book and creating new editions, unless you're um, writing about a subject maybe that does not change, uh, it's very challenging uh, on the book side. What, what I like to recommend to vacation rental folks, because our industry is so new and there are like so few folks who have established really great comprehensive understandings of the, the ecosystem, including you and me, like we're still figuring it out. We're not even totally ready to publish a de facto book. A mighty tome. A mighty tome, yeah. I just like to recommend that they read uh, business books of similar industries or pre-established experts uh, in marketing or in systems or in technology um, so that they're not risking maybe consuming bad advice. And it's not to say that there aren't good vacation rental books out there. Um, I just think on average, most of the experts in our industry are still learning this stuff uh, and sort of becoming part of the process as we speak, as opposed to necessarily having created the the Bible of sorts. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. And just while you're speaking, I was look, just turn around and looking at um, at what I've got um, in my bookcase at the moment. What's on the go? And and you know, one of them is the Customer Service Revolution, John DeJulius book, um, which I which I bought after hearing John DeJulius speak. And and that's just what you're talking about. It's just buying a, a a book that perhaps is talking about a concept that we're going to be using. Um, Another good one is called um, Utility. Y O U Utility. Um, it's by a, an author named Jay Bear, B A E R, and it's amazing how many um, parallels you can find with his style of marketing um, and what an independent owner and manager can do. It's it's help don't sell, um, but articulated far better than I ever could. Yeah, and you know there's there's other books, there's books on 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 time management which you know some which you know we we all we all need a bit of that <laughs> when we're when when we're running ourselves ragged with a couple of properties and a full-time job as well. I've read a couple of different ones, you know, things like The One Thing, which I really like, Gary Keller's The One Thing. Um something I have to do because I'm I flit from topic to topic to topic and the one thing is about just you know when you're sitting down and you're going to plan something maybe you're you know maybe you're planning a new website just concentrate on that and not mm. you know all the hundred other things that are trying to infiltrate your consciousness at the same time love that one other one that just popped into my head was the compass and the nail have you read that I have not it's um it's the model of Patagonia 
and their loyalty program and how pretty much businesses of any size can use it and and not just save their business but save the planet at the same time it's very it's a very good one that's a good little selection of of books so yeah i I get what you're saying i get what you're saying i'm i see i'm not sure there is a place for for a textbook regardless of of whether we've we've anybody has learned it all um it's just the fact that things will change within days sometimes you know i'm actually working i'm actually working on a book to do just that um to help people who are entering the vacation rental industry understand the dynamism, oh. the changes, and come in with the right expectation then to succeed as opposed to um, getting disappointed or frustrated. That sounds good. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, excellent stuff. Okay, so let's move from books to what about audio, podcasts, you know? Um, this episode, I believe, is 176. That is incredible, Heather. <laughs> Yeah, just keep throwing them out. But you know, we're we're up to two hundred and twenty thousand downloads. And I'm out there, you know, I was out on a three hour road trip the other day. I went went out looking at properties and you know, I had podcasts on for the entire time. It it's it's I've got this is where I'm learning. Um and I've I was listening to a podcast on getting things done, which was interesting because I was out there on the road and I've I figured I could not get things done because I'm driving which i hate doing and then i'm thinking well no what i'm doing is i'm learning about how to get things done when i get back home again which yeah love that i listened to cliff ravenscraft who's sort of my mentor i guess in the podcasting world and i listened to a bit about improving improving podcasting methods so i for one learn really well from from podcasts and i know i've i get emails day in day out from people who do listen to this one say they learn a lot from them. What about you? How, I, I know you listen sometimes. What, what, are, your yeah, thought, what are your thoughts? I think um, I, I love listening to podcasts because I, I don't have to be sitting in one place and staying still. Um, I, one of my best um, bits of advice would be uh, to build listening to a podcast into your uh, weekly schedule. So I uh, had previously gone running every morning out to the pool and I'd swim and I'd come back and I'd typically listen to music. Uh, but then I decided to commit to listening to one podcast each morning. And man, the amount of information that I learned, the new pathways that my mind begins to create simply by hearing people in similar industries. And also here's another good tip. Listen to stuff about completely random, what may seem to be irrelevant information. And I've actually been engineering about 20% of my podcasts, uh, of my podcast list to be totally random. And just yesterday, I listened to one about child, uh, China's one child policy. That was fascinating. And I just found myself beginning to like, create connections and think in new ways. And, um, and sometimes listening to podcasts that are not exactly about what you're interested in have a way of stirring up the pot a bit. I, I completely agree. A couple of years ago, I, I entered into a sort of a collaboration with a lot of other podcasters around the world. And we had, there was a hundred of us in this group and we all committed to listening to each other's podcasts. And, and it, it was at the big, about five years ago, I think. And then we were going to comment on everybody's podcasts on iTunes. So the idea was, 
that we would all get a hundred comments on our iTunes um, on our iTunes podcast list. Um, it, it worked. It worked to a degree, but a lot of people dropped out along the way. I, you could imagine. But I listened to some amazing ones. I listened to I listened to one about um, about scuba diving. As, as exactly as you say, I picked up things from that that I could then apply back to what I was doing. I listened to one about Pencils of Promise, which is a a wonderful um, charitable organization. Came from a guy going to Africa and finding that the kids didn't even have a pencil. They wanted to go to school, but they didn't even have pencils. So they started Pencils of Promise to deliver pencils to kids who didn't have anything to write with. And just just a whole range of of really off the wall different stuff. So yes, mm-hmm. I'm I I totally agree with you on that one. And in the same um, category of podcasts are audiobooks. Um, I don't listen to audiobooks personally, but I have a number of friends who do. They'll just go for a walk and listen to a chapter. And I think that's again boils down to what type of listener you or or learner you are. If you prefer to be listening to the information versus reading it versus watching it, but certainly a place in the, the learning tool belt for both of those things. I know audio, whatever, whether it's audio books or podcast doesn't suit everybody, but uh, it, it's certainly worthwhile if you, if, if you haven't, if, if you're not out there looking at all the other, the other podcasts that are available, I think it's a great, a, a great addition to your learning toolbox. Um, yeah. Let's let's just move on to you know the one that's dear to your heart is forums. Um, you started oh, yeah. with a, we started with a Facebook group and moved it on into the inner circle. Do you see that as a a learning vehicle? I do for sure um, because our vacation rental industry is comprised primarily of independent folks who uh, one didn't have a formal education in this business and two don't really have a team around them to support in a lot of cases people are doing it on the side or they are the one um, spouse in the couple that is working on it while the other couple does something full-time you don't have people to turn to when you're faced with a challenge you don't have um, other folks who have been through that challenge before and I've just found in my personal case that um, Forums, especially high quality forums that have um, integrity and values and and rules and stuff like that, um, is absolutely priceless. It's as good. I mean, it's the next best thing to attending a conference every single day (laughs) in that you can log in and either ask a question and get a bunch of responses of people who have been through it or just begin to glean tips and ideas that maybe you wouldn't have thought of before. I think that's tremendously a powerful learning environment. And, and like I said, I think the only next best thing would be to physically be surrounded by those types of individuals. But due to the geography of our uh, industry, that's less possible. But you can always get together um, groups. And I think that was another one on your list, getting together little cliques of, of local vacation rental owners and managers. That has the same effect to be able to solve problems using other folks' collective wisdom as opposed to just your own. Yeah, I, I was going to go on to that one about creating a mastermind group. And it doesn't have to be, you don't have to be local. You don't have to meet up. Although meetups is another, another great way of learning as well. Um, but, you know, the, the type of mastermind group, and I think this is something I'm going to suggest to people who come to, to VRSS when you go away, just don't 
don't go away and say this was a fantastic weekend and I'm all motivated and then you just get caught up in the busyness of business and everything you've learned sort of gets pushed back. You know, your notebooks get put away and you don't bring them out again until maybe a few months later when you suddenly think, yeah, I think somebody was talking about this or that topic. Um, but instead of doing that, keep in touch with people that you meet and organize a mastermind group. And this is, um, there's a lot online about what a mastermind group is and how to get one together that really, really works. But basically, it's a group of six or seven people, probably not more than that, that, uh, that, that get together on a very regular basis, usually exactly the same time, on exactly the same day, every week. And they, they, they talk through the issues that they're all facing. And perhaps one of them gets to go in, in, the, in the hot seat for half an hour and talks about a particular issue that, um, that, that is troubling them. And these masterminds are, are, have been proved to work exceptionally well if people can, can commit to them. And I'm, I know of some that have been going for years and years with these same people meeting at exactly the same time, exactly the same day, every single week, and they really commit to it. And they achieve huge amounts from it. So I think, I think that's a great way of learning because this is learning peer-to-peer. And you don't have to be a mastermind in order to like join a mastermind group. I was always a little intimidated by that word when I first started learning about all this stuff. But really all a mastermind is is just a group of folks who are working towards the same goals and giving yourself better statistical chance at success. And the, the learning side is also like fundamental. I mean, it's impossible to learn without mistakes. That's a fact. Uh, but making mistakes is frustrating. <laughs> Eventually, you get exhausted. So the beauty of, of these types of mastermind groups is that you can learn from other people's mistakes uh, and kind of make your own path. So, and, and you can also, of course, rant. No one else likes to listen to like vacation rental rants quite like other vacation rental owners and managers. Yeah, I was going to talk about Facebook groups because um, Evelyn Badia's The Hosting Journey is, is an exceptional um, Facebook groups, but you know, I've seen some, I've seen some major rants on there. Uh, unfortunately <laughs> at this, at this, at this time, a lot of them get political and, uh, and I, I really, you know, hand, hand it to Evelyn for her control over that group as she shuts down political rant after political rant, which really it end up have nothing, having nothing to do with vacation rentals at all. But it, you know, that, right. that, that's, an, that's another area, another there's a ton of Facebook groups out there, and if you find one where where people are offering their tips and their their tricks and things that they do that make their lives easier and make their guests' vacation experience even better, then that's a fabulous place to be as well. Here's a good tip about um, getting the most out of out of a mastermind group or a, or a Facebook group. The more you give the more you will get. And I'm saying that not from a philanthropic standpoint. I'm saying that from a sheerly selfish perspective. I can't tell you how many times I've seen forum members who log in, ask a question, and then leave. Or log in, say something um, crazy, and then leave. Those types of individuals, when they are posing their questions, they get far less responses, and they get far fewer people caring truly about the outcome than folks who are in there, not necessarily all the time, but when they are in there, they're doing so um, 
to give. They're mm-hmm. trying to answer questions. They're trying to share their own uh, perspective. And other forum members recognize that to the point that when you do have that question and you have built up that social capital, so to say, the folks who are willing to answer your question and go to uh, sometimes like extraordinary lengths to see that you solve that problem is just increases exponentially. Yeah, that, yeah, that, 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 that's a great point. I've, I've seen that happen in so many in so many Facebook groups is somebody out of the blue just poses a question and then sits back and waits for all the help to come in. And it doesn't. Um, yeah. And it's an, it, it's, I, it's, an, it's interesting to be a bystander and watching that and thinking, well, why isn't, why aren't they getting, you know, it was a decent question, but then just not getting the response because as you say, maybe they just have not built up that social capital. So that's, that's a great point. Yeah. I even, that's actually one of my strategies on forums that I, I go on, um, beyond vacation rental, I just try to be as helpful as possible so that when I do have that really critical question or I do face that really serious um, decision, the the piggy bank is filled up with um, generosity to the point that, you know, karma does its thing. Oh, that's lovely. Now I'm thinking of an image of a piggy bank filled with generosity. Filled with karma. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I witnessed karma the other day. I'm going to share this one with you. I was I was driving back from from um, a course I was on. I was on actually on a WordPress course in Toronto, and and driving back and this this woman oh she overtook me on a blind bend and she was going way beyond the speed limit and then she got caught up behind somebody else and she was behind him and she was flashing her lights and he eventually pulled over and let her pass and then you know what you know what I'm going to say you know. She got pulled over, please. Yeah, a couple Don't of. Don't say that she got in an accident. No, she didn't get in an accident, but uh, I, I just got to in, in fact, just to where my junction was to come off the highway, and and she stopped at the side of the road, and there are three police cars there, one facing towards her, one behind her, and one beside her. She wasn't going anywhere, and <laughs> so I, I, I figured that um, that that a couple of people had probably called it in. But it was just as I went past, I just said, now that is karma. <laughs> I actually got a ticket for the first time ever last week. I was visiting my parents, and my father always says, don't speed. He always says that whenever I'm leaving. Like, whatever you do, don't speed. Take your time to get there. And I was going to meet them at their beach house. And, of course, I was speeding a couple miles over the speed limit. And, of course, there was a trooper hiding behind the little line of trees. And he pulled me over, and I was so embarrassed. And I was like, please don't have my father pass by right now. Please don't. And of course, my dad goes driving by and then he starts looking in the rearview mirror and he pulls over to the side and he turns around and he comes back. And I cannot tell you the shame that just brought me right back to being uh, in school. I was so embarrassed and I didn't know what to say. So I just sort of put my head down and um, I wasn't I wasn't creating bad karma out there, but it certainly got me that time. Ah, uh, did you get a did you get a fine? They let you off? Yeah, I got a hundred and sixty dollar fine. Whoa! And when the trooper said, you know, I know that this is your first ticket. I know that um, you weren't going that much over the speed limit. You have three options with this citation. One is to pay it right here. One is to go to court. One is to uh, file an appeal. And I was like, I'll just pay it right here. And he said, no, 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 you don't have to decide right now. You can do that when you go home. So I was very um, frazzled. It was a frazzling experience. But needless to say, I will not be speeding anytime soon. Well, there you are. That's, that's probably a, a good um, closure on our little section on learning. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, yes. Yeah, there was a couple of other things I was going to talk about, but we're sort of getting to the end of the time, so I think um, I think I'll leave it there. For anybody who's coming, who's listening, who's coming to Vacation Rental Success Summit, I'm going to be talking about collaboration and learning. Do you want to share anything about your session? Um, I'm going to be talking about a theory that I've been working on with the community in the inner circle for the past six months or so, and we're calling it limited edition. And the phrase started back when I first moved to Casco Viejo and a real estate agent was walking me around and I said, why would people invest in this, in this ghetto? (laughs) You know, at that point it was dirty and gross and dark. And she said, because you can't build up or out due to, um, historical preservation laws, because the amount of units that exist in Casco Viejo's real estate market are fixed. You have here what we call a limited edition product. It's not terribly unlike a collector's item in that there are only a certain amount of them. And because there is a fixed supply, they don't really follow the normal rules of the market. They're much more sustainable. They can outlast various shifts, et cetera. And I really liked the way that she phrased that. And I began looking a little bit deeper into this idea of creating some type of limiting factor about your vacation rental business and using the amazing collective wisdom of our community came up with eight factors that directly uh, influence your limited edition-ness and your limited edition-ness is directly correlated with your sustainability, with your survival. So I'm super excited to to share this theory, uh, still a working theory, but I think um, it's going to be growing by the time, uh, a, what is it? May f- 7th, May 6th yep. rolls around May 6th and 7th. So I'm super excited. I'm a limited edition for me is, is really powerful for vacation rentals, but there's so many examples that we're going to be going through in the world of things that we just crave or things that we are willing to pay a lot of money for or things that we desperately need, um, that, are sheerly engineered that way. They are simply products or services or tools that have been built in limited supply. And ultimately, that keeps those products uh, on an entirely different playing field that doesn't have to deal with the challenges of more traditional commodity goods. That sounds super exciting. And I will look forward to sitting in on that. So for, for anybody listening who's still sitting on the fence... That's a great Just buy the ticket. Yeah, just like buy, buy the ticket. First, buy a bottle of wine for you and your spouse or your business partner. Drink it, the whole thing, and then realize that your gut is telling you that you want to go to this conference, but you've been putting it off or something. So just like while you're a little bit tipsy, go on and just buy the tickets and commit to learning and building a more profitable vacation rental business. Is that okay to endorse drinking as a way to generate sales? Oh, endorse anything. well i won't go as far as to any kind of drugs or anything but just stick with the wine recognize that your gut and your business are telling you that you need this type of thing in your life and commit to it guarantee you will come away a better vacation rental host well thank you for that thank you for that and um i can't wait to see you in um in toronto in three weeks time and thank you for joining me at the nutrition hub at the nutrition hub or at the bar (laughs) Or at the <laughs> or drinking wine. That's right. Or drinking wine. Are we going to do a breakfast thing again? Yeah, we should for sure. Let's yeah. do that. Choose um, whatever day makes the most sense to you. 
Sunday morning was a good day. Is a is a good day. Okay. So what do we what great? Are we, and then um, what are we going to do? The first twenty or first fifteen or whatever that you're you're the queen of logistics. I'll just um make sure that there's crispy bacon and fresh orange juice there. That that okay. I'll I'll come up with something. <laughs> but uh, but we'll we'll have I'll I'll find out from Erica and we'll have fifteen to twenty slots open to have breakfast with with you and me. Amazing. I like that. I liked it when we did that last year. That was good fun. Yeah, me too. And will I be seeing you um, at the Inner Circle event, or are you going to be wrapped up in all kinds of craziness planning? If I if I can get on that bus and and get away for a couple of hours, <laughs> Literally. I will. Since, <laughs> since there's a bus going down there and coming back again, how long is it going to go on for? Um, like three hours. Three hours. Okay. I shall see what I can do. Yeah, and I think eventually people will probably end up um, migrating somewhere else. That's typically what happens, but it would be an honor to have you there. Well, that would be lovely. I shall see what I can do. Great. Okie doke. Looking forward to it. Yes, indeed. Thanks a lot, Matt. Yep. Have a great week, Heather. Ciao. Well, hey, thank you, Matt, for joining me once again. It's always an absolute delight to have you with me on the show. And I know your insights into the vacation rental industry are just enjoyed by so many people. And, uh, you know, we love to listen. And I just love to listen to your voice anyway. Um, so as Matt said um, several times over the course of that, that discussion, um, the, uh, the tickets are still on sale for the Vacation Rental Success Summit. Uh, you can go to vacationrentalsuccesssummit.com and go to the registration page. If you want a discount code, you can email me heather at cottageblogger.com and I will give you a very generous discount code. So uh, make that decision. Don't sit on the fence any longer. Um, decide to come. It's going to be such a great event. So many really neat people there. If, uh, if you're not coming, if you're not able to come, I'm sorry, we won't see you and, and that we're bombarding you with information on the summit. But I promise you, after May the 7th has passed, we will stop talking about the 2017 event and we'll just start talking about the 2018 event instead. So uh, more of that to come because that is, uh, there's, there's, there's some pretty big announcements coming on that uh, in the next few weeks. When in fact, at the summit, we'll be announcing um, 2018 and what we're actually going to be doing next year. So thank you once again for listening. It's always great to know that there are people at the end of of this podcast. You know what I mean? You know, people who are listening, people who are out there, perhaps in their cars or taking the dog for a walk, or as somebody said that they do the ironing. Um, you know, I'm one that still does ironing. I always iron my sheets before they go back on the beds of my vacation rental. So, and I know there are some people out there who do the same. So thank you for having my voice in your ear as, as you're doing that task. And uh, I will look forward to being with you again next week and hope you have a great week in the meantime. This episode of Vacation Rental Success is over, but don't worry, Heather will be back soon. Want more great resources? Visit cottageblogger.com for tips, tricks, downloads, and strategies to help you achieve profit from your vacation rental business.